802 on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Hour three of the program. We are in the midst of it now. It's brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. You can do so by visiting them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. I also need to tell you about this read that's been tripping me up for days, but I'm ready to deliver. It's the pre-Black Friday sale on now at Rogers. Get an iPhone 13 for $5 per month with eligible trade on financing and upfront edge. Ooh, upfront edge. For more details, visit them on the internet at rogers.com. Good job, Hamish. Thank you. <laughs> you should do a warm-up before you read that one. Like, mo me, my mo. Unique <laughs> New York. Unique New York. Oh, yeah, that's a tough one, too. Yeah. Did you go to radio school? <laughs> so easy for me. Neither of us I did. Went to... I know that there's certain uh, speaking exercises and linguistic warm-ups that you can do. Shockingly, we haven't done either of them. <laughs> ever. Okay, uh, Murph's going to join us in a couple minutes here. It's going to bring in an abbreviated hit with Murph because Bruce Boudreaux is going to speak with reporters and collective media at 8.15 our time. So we'll get to Murph. We'll go over things, check in for tonight's game against Montreal, and then we will let him go so he can talk to Bruce. Uh, we should mention on the subject of tonight's game, Canucks Habs 4.30 puck drop our time from Montreal. The number one overall pick in last year's draft, uh, rookie forward Uri Slavkovsky for the Habs. He will indeed have a hearing, I would imagine in pretty short order, today with the NHL's Department of Player Safety after he got five in a game for boarding uh, Red Wings forward Matt Luff. Very monosyllabic name, Matt Luff. Uh, in all seriousness, <laughs> Luff suffered a, a pretty bad injury on the play. So I'm assuming that's partly the reason why it rose to the level of getting a hearing. I, I don't think he'll be in the lineup tonight for the Habs. So it'll be him and Josh Anderson suspended potentially. And probably the Canucks are going to see Sam Montembeau, who is the backup to Jake Allen in Montreal, but uh, Montembeau is off to a pretty good start to the season. So the Canucks are going to see they're going to see some backups on this road trip because who are they going to get in Toronto? It's either going to be Shulgren on Saturday, mm-hmm. or well, it might be Matt Murray if he's back if he's by back. then. Right? I think it would be would it be Keith Petruzzelli? It could possibly be the big, the big Keith Who's Petruzzelli. That? Huh? Former Quinnipiac starting goaltender. Oh, oh Detroit that, oh, right, Red Wings yeah, draft yeah, pick, yeah, got, Keith Petruzzelli. Yeah, right. Come yeah. on, bruv. I went a little east side Mario's with this knee. <laughs> Petruzzelli? Um, I don't know if he'll get a shot. Like, he sounds like a very emergency option. It sounds like. Yeah, he played six games, I think, with the Marlins. Yeah, and Matt Murray might be back by then. But yeah, you bring up a good point. It'll be probably Montembeau tonight. Probably uh, not. Shalgren on Saturday because he would have to play Friday against Pittsburgh, you would imagine, at this stage of the game. Right. right. Well, it depends when, if Matt Murray's ready to go and when they want to put him in there. Uh, the scratches last night for the Vancouver Canucks were Nils Hoaglander, Kyle Burrows, and Riley Stillman, who did get sat down, much mm-hmm. to the delight, I imagine, of a lot of people and a lot of listeners to this show. It's unfortunate that Riley Stillman has struggled, uh, but I think a lot of people wanted to see Jack Rathbone back in the lineup, and Jack Rathbone was back in the lineup, and now on the phone lines is Murph. How are you doing, Murph? What kind of segue was that? Uh, it was a pretty Jack good Rathbone one. back in the lineup, and here's Murph. Yeah, well, we don't have to do fancy stuff. I mean, it's exactly. just... Exactly, that's true. Here's that's here's true. Murph. 
Uh, so Bruce Boudreau is going to be talking to the media today. Were you at his availability yesterday when he was asked about the comments from Jim Rutherford? I sure was. What yeah. was that like? What was the dynamic like there? Well, I mean, he was, you know, he looks tired, first off, and this was before the game. Um, and the entirety of the scrum, as you probably listened, like 90% of the questions were uh, about Rutherford's comments and direct point of comments in public. And, you know, I think Bruce handled it very well, you know, um, basically saying, you know, he's always tried to keep the noise out. It's just funny when the noise is coming from your own house, uh, which is a little bit different. Um, so I think he handled it very well. I mean, I, it's, listen, it's, it's not the first time it's happened, right? It, I think the surprising thing is it continues to happen, uh, that Rutherford continues to, uh, you know, air out the dirty laundry in public. And he's hitting the same notes every time about the structure, about the in-zone defending, about the inability to hold leads, all this kind of stuff. Uh, and so to me, I think it's just more uh, Bruce is not used to having to answer questions about his own president calling him out, uh, which is something that, you know, he said, I've been in this business 47 years. Uh, so just add this to whatever, to the list of the things in the book I'll never write. So it is new for him. And he, he looks tired and I... I don't want to say like he's, he looks like a dead man walking. I don't think that would be fair. But I just think when you combine with the way the team has lost games this year and then you add that on top, it probably makes things a little bit tiresome. What do you think Rutherford's motive is in all this? I don't know. It's it's so weird to say, right? Because, you know, is he trying to light a fire under the, the players by kind of undermining the coach? Does that make sense? Like, I don't, I don't know if it does. Is he uh, trying to get Boudreaux and his staff to play uh, a different system, a more staunch defensive system. I don't know, because it kind of seems counterintuitive. If he's saying the players, you know, I don't like the system, we're not defending well enough, uh, you know, we need to be better. So is he, he's not giving a vote of confidence to the coach, but he wants the players to play hard for the coach. So I don't really get it at this point. I'm, I, I, I'm sure it's calculated, but I don't understand the, the method. What did you think of the Canucks' performance last night in Ottawa? <clears throat> Well, I, I, at least I saw that there are other teams that have problems with in-zone defending, as we saw with uh, Ottawa in the third period. Um, you know, I thought that the third period, the first ten, like the first two periods were ugly. I mean, let's be honest about it here. Uh, without Spencer Martin, the game is, is long over uh, after 40. Um, and, you know, I thought it was like, considering what had happened in the previous 24, 28 hours, I thought they might have a, a good start. But it was, you know, one of the worst first two periods they've had this season. Uh, but then I thought they finally stacked some shifts together uh, in the third, and I thought for the first 12 minutes of the third, you saw a team that was uh, very motivated. And you know what? Sometimes traveling east and dealing with the time change and all this kind of crap can take a toll on you, and maybe that's what happened. Uh, but the first two periods were really troublesome, uh, but I thought that you know they were full value in the third, and you know really the only chances Ottawa got were with the power play. Um, so five on five in that third period, I mean, they kind of played well enough to win, but I think they were probably still lucky to get that result. Bo Horvat keeps scoring goals. Only Connor McDavid has more goals than Bo Horvat this season. 12 goals in 13 games for the Canucks captain, who, by the way, is a pending unrestricted free agent. This is very Canucks, the way this is playing out. Uh, Jim Rutherford was asked the other day if there's been any movement in contract negotiations. He said no. He said we still want to keep Bo, but we don't have a deal yet. Um, do you think this is just going to be 
parked somewhat on the back burner until the trade deadline gets a little closer and they might have to make a decision one way or the other? I think so. He's not getting any cheaper, you know. Um, I, I've been calling him, and he doesn't want me to say it on the air, but I'll say it now. I've been calling him Bo Judge. I didn't get the contract, <laughs> and then he's going to go out for 50 goals or something like that in this season and just stick it to the team. Um, but, you know, I, I, I mean, obviously, like, the number starts likely with an eight. Right? I mean, it probably does at this point. Um, so I don't know if they can afford to keep him. Uh, it still baffles me a little bit that Miller was signed ahead of Horvat in the offseason. I'm guessing that wasn't the plan all along, but that's what transpired. And now they're stuck with a captain that's going to have, looks like, a career season uh, going in under restricted free agency. Um, and Rutherford even said, like, if he continues at this rate, then we're going to get a better return for him. The president's already basically saying we can't afford him, we might have to trade him if he keeps playing this way. So it seems like a bit of a blunder, uh, if you ask me. And it's going to be very interesting to see the way it plays out. Like, Bo has been great. Like, he hasn't let it be a distraction. But i got to imagine he's stung a little bit that, you know, he didn't get the contract in the offseason, somebody else did. <clears throat> and those of us who know Pat Morris, I don't think they're, especially the way things have happened, there's not going to be any hometown discount, that's for sure. I mean, it's certainly shaping up to being that conversation and that narrative, right? Is that they chose JT Miller over Bull Horvat at the end of the day. And I mean, you're right. I, I would imagine that one, that would sting the player and especially one that was, you know, grew up in Vancouver and served as captain and everything. Uh, it also seems like it might be acting as a motivating factor too, because uh, he's on pace for 76 goals. That feels like a lot and maybe unsustainable. <laughs> But it's a lot. Um, speaking of numbers and stats, big stats guy today, Murph. I'm, I'm looking into this. Here's one for you. Spencer Martin's played 10 games for the Vancouver Canucks, and he's gotten at least a point in all of them. This leads me to believe, wait for this rationale, that they should just keep playing Spencer Martin until he loses a hockey game outright because he only <laughs> gets them points. Well, I mean, you could make the argument, but uh, it will be Thatcher Demko tonight. Uh, I will tell you that. The Canucks have come here to the Bell Centre. Uh, I don't think many guys will skate, but I know that Demko's going on the ice to take shots, probably from Stillman and Burroughs. Uh, so I think you're not going to get your uh, your wish there. But certainly after what the Canucks had last year, I mean, remember Halak could not get them a win, couldn't make a save. So at least it's nice for the coach to know when they're behind the eight ball that he doesn't have to run out Demko every game. And, and I mean, the, the decision's easier this year because Demko hasn't been uh, up to speed like he was last year. But I, I think we all assume he's going to get back to his game. But at least he has options that if Demko's not going, he can have full confidence in the backup this year, something he didn't have last year. I know Oliver ekman Larson last night did score a goal and he finished plus two on the night. But I think most people that have watched him this season have noticed that he's struggling out there. His mobility mm -hmm. doesn't seem to be great. Should he be playing so much? Because he keeps getting pretty heavy minutes. He played almost 22 minutes last night in Ottawa. Well, I mean, if they're going to continue with that pairing, then he's going to get a lot of minutes, right? I mean, that's the nature of the beast. He probably shouldn't. Sometimes, to me, he looks a little bit tired. Um, I don't think it's a fitness issue, but even like the, the first goal last night, getting beat, uh, and then him and Myers compounded it by going behind the net together. But yes, I mean, that's the nature of the beast with his defense. You've got uh, Hughes and Shen, and you're going to play Myers and OEL, and they're going to run because they're going to play in every situation. Um, and I, I don't know who you're taking over him right now. Uh, I'm glad that Rathbone got a chance last night uh, over Stillman. 
Um, I would like to see Burroughs get back in at some point, but I don't think it will be at the expense of Oliver ekman Larson. That's just my, my read on things. Murph, I know you're up against it for time. Bruce is going to speak in a minute here, so we'll let you go. Thanks a lot for doing this. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the week. We'll do this again uh, next week. Enjoy the rest of the trip, too. Oh, you know what? Uh, you have to tell Andy next week. I think I'll be on a plane Aww, Wednesday. Can we Unfortunate. Would you like to be rescheduled, or do you just want to well, not talk? I'm sure we can fit you in we'll, somewhere we'll in the see. week, Murph. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. I know it. you love doing Andy. this. <laughs> tell Andy to get in touch. Okay. okay. Thanks, Thanks you, Murph. Bye. Uh, Dan Murphy here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. We we should just get Shorty to step in. Well, he'd be on the same plane, wouldn't he? Probably. Yeah. They tend to fly together. Gee, Murph sounded enthusiastic about coming back on, you guys. Yeah. I don't think he appreciated my Spencer Martin theory, which is you can't poke holes in it. It's flawless. Hey, Halford, why is your mic pointed at your right eyeball? I don't know. There you go. Just there you go. Right at right at your your mouth. Is it very picky? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there you go. What, is it? Do you a, see how Bruff's doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Like that. No, it was a problem during the Dimitri interview. We couldn't hear you. Oh, really? Yeah. So I was kind of. Yeah, okay. You, you still need to point it down just a little bit more. There we go. So there's a little behind the scenes that are now in front. There of you go. This. We're now in there front. There you of go. This. Everyone on the screen. Yeah. Uh, so uh, tonight, the Vancouver Canucks and the Montreal Canadiens. It should be a battle of two. I don't know. Tired teams. Ah, boy. Well, the Canucks played last night in Ottawa. Yeah, both teams are coming on the second of back-to-backs. Montreal played last night in Detroit. Both teams were winners. The Habs beat the Red Wings in a shootout, and the Canucks beat the Ottawa Senators because the Canucks decided to play in the third period, which was nice. It was nice to see the Canucks um, have a strong third period. They needed one after a pretty dismal opening 40 minutes. Uh, Let's do some what we learned here, and then we can dip in next segment into the Dunbar Lumber text line. I'm going to start by, and this was one that I could have done yesterday, but we ran out of time. What I learned is that we will know Canada's World Cup roster on Sunday, this coming Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. 10 days ahead of the World Cup, but after the friendly with Bahrain. That's correct. We're actually, so a few things on this. One, we're going to have a new special guest this week, uh, a new soccer insider on the show, Jason. It's former Vancouver Whitecaps goalie, David Osted. Okay. He's going to be joining us as he makes his foray into media. So we'll talk about uh, the Bahrain friendly. We'll talk about what Canada's roster might look like. I don't think there's going to be a ton of really contentious decisions because the guys that are going to play uh, predominantly in Qatar, we all know they're going to be on the roster. The end of the roster, guys, like if they get on the plane to go, it's great. They might not even see the pitch in any of the matches. Yeah. Uh, the backup goaltending position kind of becomes interesting now because Craig Poe was out with a broken leg, but that's one part of it. The other part of it is that a lot of the rosters of the teams that Canada is going to be playing in their group are either currently being released or being, going to be released in the not-too-distant future. So Croatia announced theirs this morning. No surprises whatsoever. They're running it back. They're turning back the clock. They're going with their golden generation, led by 37-year-old Luka Modric. All the names that you would expect, Kovacic, Perisic, all the familiar faces from 2018 are ostensibly back. So what you're going to see is that Croatian team, which went all the way to the finals in 2018, come back four years older. The real question is going to be, are they going to be more seasoned and more experienced, more veteran savvy, or are they just going to be old and tired? I wonder who's going to be the oldest player at the World Cup. Do you think it could be Atiba? 
Uh, Danny Alves made the Brazilian roster also at 39, so okay. he's going to be right there with Atiba. And I can't again. There's always that 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 one guy, and it's usually a guy that's playing for a team like Canada. Yes, that because it's the teams that don't have the depth that are often forced into bringing in the guys that are pretty old. I think at the last World Cup, Iran had a goalie that was 43. Yeah, I, I think I, that that rings a bell. Uh, There's still a chance for Halford. I can still do it. <laughs> Herdman, call me. I'm free. I can leave this job at a moment's notice to go to Qatar. Be a solid fifth or sixth option. So, uh, the, the roster that everyone is really waiting on, to be perfectly honest, is Belgium, if only because it'll be the confirmation of just how loaded and stacked that they are. Yeah. Um, and that's, I believe it's coming today. If not today, it's going to be coming early tomorrow. And we just continue to build and build and build towards this World Cup, which I'm getting way too excited for, but I don't even care mm -hmm. because it's going to be a lot of fun. A reminder... Uh, on November 23rd, which is a Wednesday, 11 o'clock, Canada's going to play Belgium in their first World Cup match in 36 years. We're doing a huge party at the Hollywood Theater uh, on Broadway in Kitsilano. We're going to do a live one-hour pre-match show across the Sportsnet radio networks at the Hollywood Theater. And then following that, us in conjunction with the Whitecaps and Daily Hive in the Hollywood Theater, we're going to host a big watch party for Canada, Belgium, 11 o'clock. So the Hollywood Theater has multiple bars, so you can get drinks pretty much anytime. You're not going to be waiting in a huge line. They're going to have food trucks outside, so you can get something to eat uh, leading up to and during the match. They've got the concession stand run by Dankmart. The facility is awesome. We're mm -hmm. going to put pi pictures up on our social media channels shortly. It's not really like a traditional movie theater, even though it was at one point. It's got bar seating. It's got restaurant-style table seating. There's standing room. I'm very excited because I think it's going to be an awesome time. Uh, tickets right now are going to be released on Monday, but that might happen earlier. I will keep everybody in the loop, and we will update you on all our social media channels as well. Did you see Sepp Blatter came out yesterday or recently this week on some podcast or I don't know, newspaper interview and said, yeah, in hindsight, we shouldn't have awarded the World Cup to Qatar. So have you seen... Uh, no kidding. Aside from... The human rights atrocities and some very controversial stances, I guess I'll put it, on a variety of lifestyle choices that are going to directly impact people that are going there. Yeah. They never had the, just, I'm putting all that aside, even though that is fundamentally important. They never had the right infrastructure to do this. Qatar is small. Is anyone going to have fun at this World Cup? Have you seen the temporary housing solution that they've come up with no. for fans? Uh, they're modular homes, essentially. They're like uh, fire festival. Not as bad, <laughs> not as bad. It, but it, it basically looks like gigantic shipping containers that have been turned into temporary homes. Uh, they've got like mini fridges and some air conditioning. But the, the thing is, in those fan villages, I'll call them, mm -hmm. uh, alcohol is strictly prohibited, as it is in many yeah. areas of Qatar. Like there's certain designated drinking zones. And Drinking I'm, zones. There are. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I got a feeling that a few of the supporters, maybe the ones from England, are not going to observe the drinking zones and all of the cultural practices. I'm very curious to see if anyone ends up in trouble. It's going to be... And what that will... If there will be any international incidents because of this. Part of the reason I'm excited is because Canada's going. Oh, it's um, the main reason I'm excited. It's the there's, only reason I'm excited, there, frankly. There's a certain trepidation with about eight different things going into this, not including the fact that on a near daily basis, another star player appears to get injured 
and we'll miss the World Cup. So right now, there's reports out of Germany, another Bayern player, Sadio Mane, uh, who will be going with Senegal. That looks as though that's going to be a significant injury that might cost him his World Cup. And you go down the laundry list of players. Canada had a scare with Alfonso Davies. Thankfully, it sounds like he's going to be okay. So there's. I'll say this. It's not going to be lacking for excitement and drama and things going on because yeah. it's, there's a real powder. It's the, well, it's a World Cup. But it's also a real powder keg, right? With yeah. When it's happening, where it's happening, and everything else. Anyway, you can moo cow me. I kind of stole your what we, stole your what we learned there. I'm no, sorry. No, that's okay. That's okay. Well, uh, Laddie, do you have a what we learned? I have a what we learned. Is it baseball? It is not. It's actually CFL football related. Oh, okay. This is rare field. for you. Hamilton yeah. Tiger Cats related? Well, it relates to Ontario a okay. little bit. All right. Uh, I learned that Nathan Rourke's brother... Curtis is actually pretty good. He's uh, did I steal your what we learned? No, you, oh, I okay. was in the notes. Did <laughs> with, you read it with Ohio? Yeah, yeah. with the Ohio yeah. Bobcats, he leads them to a seven and three record. Now he's catching up to his brother in a lot of the stats that he set at the school. And uh, what I also learned because I looked up his brother's Wikipedia page, they actually grew up in Ontario. Yeah, all this right. time I've been seeing Victoria listed that's underneath. Where, yeah, that's that's where just where born. he was born. Yeah, he's from Oakville. That's where I was born. Right. There has been talk that there will be. Isn't that where Spencer Martin's from too? He's Oakville? from that area, yeah. Yeah, a lot of good goalies. Cam Talbot, also from that area. Was it a battle of Oakville goalies last night? Though? Well, Talbot's technically Hamilton. Oh, okay. So. The, you, the area, the general right. area. I do like you're adorable when it comes to the goalie minutia. It's great. You get so excited. You know all this stuff about the guys. It's well, terrific. I learned about a quarterback too. That's my you what did. we learned. Yes. Yeah, so there has been talk that there will be not one but two Rourke brothers throwing passes in the Canadian Football League in the not too distant future. Unless Nathan's down in the NFL. Well, so. that's the thing. He's going to screw it up. you got to stay now. You yeah, you can't to... be so good. <laughs> yeah, you have to be just good enough. But, yeah, I noticed this as well. It's I don't know exactly why it's getting the run that it does because I kind of looked at his pro projections. This is Curtis Rourke, Nathan's brother. And there are some for sure. I think enough people are saying he throws a nice enough ball and he looks – honestly, looks a lot like his brother in terms of just the physical stature but the way that he throws the football – so people are saying there's the marketing component to it, obviously. You, know, you got two brothers coming from the same school, and they're both Canadian. He has a top-class nickname, too. What is it? The Maple Missile. Oh, yeah, that's right. They mentioned that last night. Mm. I did see that. Yeah, so I, I've, I've been kind of curious to see where this goes because one of the things about Rourke, having gone to the same school and everything, is he's really willed himself to be this good of a professional quarterback in the Canadian Football League. You remember when he came aboard, everyone was like, there's something intriguing about him. He's a he's a prospect, but more of a project. And I remember him and O'Connor being lumped into the same conversations. Yep. One of these guys might work out. It wasn't right. like everyone saw MOP and stardom for Nathan Rourke. So if the brothers got the same work ethic and ceiling, could be two of them in the CFL. Uh, give us a moo cow on that. We'll turn it over to the listeners. We do need some more what we learn. Send your what we learns into the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650. It is the smart, smart alternative. Visit Dunbar Lumber on Bridge Street in Ladner or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. You're listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Time now for Sportsnet 650 traffic from the City News 1130 Air Patrol. Now for my favorite part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always death. 8.31 on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. 
Three things to tell you before we get into the humanoids and fire up the dot matrix and all that good stuff. One, this hour of Halford and Bruff is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. You can visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Two, we are brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Three, Rogers, Jason. There is a pre-Black Friday sale on now at Rogers. Get an iPhone 13 for $5 per month with eligible trade on financing and upfront edge. Visit them on the internet for details at rogers.com. See, the trick is just the two-second pause before eligible. It's, you know, nail what, it every time. It's the That's with. the trick. It's the with and then transferring from to eligible. Your reads are like the Canucks breaking the puck out. You need structure. They need structure. Uh, we are coming to you live from the Kintech studio, Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at kintech.net. Dot matrix. Print. Print away. Evan in Calgary, what we learned, how much has Travis Green's value gone up? He must be enjoying most of the Canucks start. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't think that's the stock bump you think it is. Yeah, I don't know. I'll be curious to see uh, if Travis Green is ever a head coach in the NHL. I think he'll again. get one more kick at it. I think there was enough good things. Again, a lot of them happened in the bubble, but I think there was enough that and, – and, and don't get me wrong. Uh, I think we forget that a lot of young players came in, broke in, and played well under his watch. I think that'll be a check in his you know like positives, like the pros and cons. But there's a lot of other candidates out there. Yeah. That's there, the there thing. Are. It's There's maybe a lot not of coaching candidates. It's maybe not necessarily Travis Green, but all the other guys that Travis Green is going to have to compete for for a gig. It's hard to get those jobs. It is. You know, it's hard to get the repeat jobs and unless you have like what does what does Travis Green hang his hat on? Uh what? young players getting so Pedersen Hughes even though they're really good. Mm-hmm. Um and then I would say the work that he did in the bubble. I thought that series against St. Louis uh, he coached his ass off. I thought he did yeah. a really good job. Yeah, but I think people will discount what happened in the bubble, though. I'm sure. Yeah. But that, if, you're, if you're asking what he's going to hang his hat on, here's one from Colin and Tawasson. Hashtag WWO, what we learned. Ryan Reynolds' Twitter handle should now be at Ottawa City Reynolds. What happened to his Vancouver allegiance? He was totally cheering for the Senators last night. Colin, I, I get it, right? But he was in Ottawa. They gave him a standing ovation. The players were tapping their sticks on the boards. I don't think we talked about this enough that they basically interrupted a professional sporting event because an actor was in the stands who went on Fallon to say that he was interested in buying the team. Well, yeah. not like he had bought the team yet. You also have to understand the history in Ottawa. No, I get it. I do. I'm just making light of the situation. No, but I, mean, I know that they've been. They desperately want him to buy the team. They, they desperately want to love their owner. Yeah. They used to love Eugene Melnick. That's the thing, right? Like, he rescued them. He legitimately rescued them, but he ultimately turned into not a very good owner for them. They want things to change in Ottawa, and can you blame them? Um, you know, I've heard a few people go like, well, why is he buying the Senators and, and not the Canucks? Well, the Canucks aren't for sale. Yeah, there's a, like the, I had that question asked twice of me yeah, yesterday. I'm like, you know, there's two parties involved in this transaction. There's the buyer. Most importantly, there's a seller. You yeah, need to be selling. These These opportunities do not come up very often it's not like the ottawa senators are the crown jewel of the league and yet 
according to Ian Mendez, according to the reports, there are three or four groups that are all interested in this because it is a unique opportunity to own an NHL franchise. You essentially get granted a monopoly yep. in your own market. Um, there's uh, a lot of um, bragging that can go along with owning a, a, an NHL franchise. And for a guy like Ryan Reynolds, I mean, I don't see why he should have any problem finding a potential partner. Who wouldn't want him as the face of the franchise? Yeah. Who wouldn't want all the value add that he could add to the franchise just in terms of marketing the team, creating content for the team? I mean, he's a legitimate, huge movie star. Mm -hmm. If he can be your face with a little bit of equity investment at the same time, man, it's like a slam dunk. Uh, it, Mendez mentioned this on our call yesterday. When's the last time that the Ottawa Senators made it on Jimmy Fallon? The answer is never, and they never will again. I unless... think Chris, I think Chris Phillips was on Fallon, <laughs> wasn't he? Mark Mathot. <laughs> Chris Neal scheduled after his. Chris uh, Neal, they're retiring his number, eh? Do you see that? They sure are. They what? sure are. Mike. Wait, you've got you've got issues with this, Chris Neal. Hey, he means a lot to the community there. This is okay. like, this is like, this is like, I don't know about retiring his number. That feels like a lot. Yeah. But uh, inevitably, when you see all the guys that the Canucks have either put in the ring of honor or. or Chris Neal. Chris Neal. This happens all the time. I don't know about I feel like all this is a the push. Time. I feel like this is pushing it even for people the People have said the same that... about Linden outside of Canucks. No, people would say the same about Smeal. And that too, yeah. Ken Danico in that New Jersey. ages ago, though. Danico was a. He won yeah, any, any, for years. Well, Sometimes also, teams retire players cups. that aren't necessarily superstars, right? They're just they're part of that team's lore. Yeah, no, and that's what this is. I mean, right? on second thought, I'm kind of with Laddie on this. Like, it seems kind of ridiculous, but Chris, what are you going to do? Chris right? Neal's yeah. career high: 16 goals and 33 points, and that was right at the start of his career. Yeah, but those were Come clutch on. 16 goals. <laughs> each, each one, all each amazing, one, very, yeah. Uh, yeah. very important. Like, if, if you look at the numbers, you're like he had 250 points in over 1,100 NHL games. Like, what? And then he fought a lot, but they never went. They didn't win anything. That's the big like the Danico comparison teams. doesn't work because Danico won cups, right? Uh, Zeddy in New Westminster. Zeddy. What we learned, the Ottawa Senators want Ryan Reynolds to buy the team so badly they lost to the Canucks to drive down the price. Yeah, mm. that's possible. I, I think that's very possible. Guys, we're playing too well here. Like, if the price just keeps going up. It's like Bo Horvat's price. Speaking of Bo Horvat, Scott, with what we learned, Bo being on pace for like 60-plus goal will up his value. Why, he may even have the same trade value as a 99-point player. Oh, you clever guy, Scott. Uh, I threw it out yesterday on the Twitter that after Ryan Reynolds buys the Senators, the first order of business in free agency is go sign Bo Horvat. Yeah, I watched this guy play in Vancouver. He seems pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'll be, if, if it goes the way that I think it's going to go with Horvat, uh, he'll be moved before the deadline. He'll play out probably with a contender, have a decent shot at doing something in the playoffs, go to free agency and then get paid, uh, you know, and good on him if that's how it turns out, because he's earned every bit of it. This year has been, I would say it's been fairly trying on him and it's early. It's going to get more and more trying on a personal level, but even Rutherford said it. He said he was exceptionally proud about Horvat's played in light of all this. What if the Canucks are in a playoff spot at the trade deadline? You got to move him. <laughs> Well, this is this is what we thought we were going to be uh, with, with the Miller. JT Miller situation. Yeah. And by the way, someone texted this in, but I I lost the text. I, I apologize for this. But if the Canucks win tonight, I believe they will be in a playoff position. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's from a like G that is insane, and it speaks to 
how badly some of the teams in the Western Conference have scuffled to start the season, like Calgary, like Minnesota, like St. Louis. Uh, probably missing one or one or two. It was uh, Mark, the Anasis Island tax guy. What I learned is that if the Canucks win tonight, uh, and then he made reference to my Spencer Martin ironclad theory about putting him in, uh, they will be in a playoff spot. And we talked about this. Right now, one thing that's keeping the <laughs> – the Canucks season alive is that there are so many disappointing teams in the Western Conference. Nashville's another one that's disappointed. They're not. There's not as many. Just all the surprise teams are in the East, to be honest, outside of uh, Seattle. All the up-and-coming, young, rising teams. I think the big three right now are New Jersey, Detroit, and Buffalo. But those are all Eastern Conference teams. There's Western Conference teams right now that are in, I would say, significant, like, Significantly worse shape than the Canucks. The Blues are in significantly worse shape than the Canucks right now. And I don't know what to make of it other than, again, thanks to a 4-1-1 one one stretch, where let's be honest, they haven't exactly blown the doors off the opposition and dominated play. The Canucks have somehow flirted their way back into, well, if the results go our way tonight, uh, we'll be temporarily in a playoff spot. It's And that's all because the West has been a disappointment this year. I love this tech. Ryan Reynolds is an absolute nobody who doesn't have one-tenth of the money he needs. He's one of the biggest stars. Are we really in the absolute in nobody? The world. Are we really <laughs> defined as somebody? And he's an already explained nobody. he needs a sugar daddy or a sugar yeah, mommy. He's actually, a, do we have that Gary Bettman audio? I actually haven't heard this, but I guess Gary Bettman had a press conference where he talked about what Ryan Reynolds said on Jimmy Fallon. Do we have Gary Bettman? I never thought I'd hear Gary Bettman say the words <laughs> sugar mama, but I guess he said them. I don't I don't even I don't even like saying them myself. I just heard myself say sugar he, mama. He was just repeating so, stop, well, so why am I saying this? You keep saying it though for someone that doesn't want to say it. It's uh I, I also was Bettman sugar in mommy or sugar daddy. No, that, that one more time. Sugar mommy or sugar daddy. Oh, he called it sugar mommy. Yeah. Well, that that makes it that sugar. Makes it, that what, makes what, it sugar. Again, that makes it way worse. Yeah. Sugar mommy again, please. Please, daddy, sugar mommy or sugar daddy. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> I want the longer clip. This is just a two-second clip. I want sugar mommy. <laughs> sugar mommy. Sugar. No, is no, no, what? no. He says sugar mommy. Mommy. It's sugar. Um, I. What was Batman doing media for yesterday? I think he was in Winnipeg. Yeah. I want to say. But I don't know why. I think it was for the Lions-Bombers game. <laughs> oh, was it for... I think they did Filipino Heritage Night last night. Yes, in Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. They have the largest Filipino uh, community in Canada in Winnipeg. So, really? Yeah. So they had the special journeys, jerseys ahead of time. And then I guess Batman was doing his uh, media address and the sugar mummy. Gary, speak more to the sugar mothers and sugar fathers. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. If you could, please. Uh, Kevin on the road with what we learned. I can't believe I'm seeing this, but the Canucks need to call up Brisebois and sit OEL. They're not, yeah, I mean, he's obviously joking on this, but OEL's play has been a real concern. And he just, they just keep sending him out there. Because when you think about it on the left side, Hughes is already playing a lot, maybe too much. He certainly was playing too much earlier in the season. And then if you've got Jack Rathbone in there or Riley Stillman, do you trust those guys to play more minutes? Did you see that pass, by the way, that Ethan Bear made? right to the Ottawa Senators in yeah, the first period. I did. I was like <laughs> he's a puck mover. They were they were they were dreadful in the first period. Wasn't like good. credit to Spencer Martin for keeping them in there. He made some brilliant saves and made a, a lot of saves. It was 
both the quality and the quantity of shots that you had to admire on Spencer Martin. You know, some of the goals that Spencer Martin let in weren't great, like the Travis Hamannick goal from the point probably mm-hmm. should have been stopped. Um, but, you know, it just goes to show that he allowed four goals and maybe a couple of them were questionable, and yet he was still very much deserved of the second star of the game. Horvat was the first star. Uh, Spencer Martin was the second, and I think someone on Ottawa was the third. But, man, they like that could have gone so much worse for the Canucks if not for Spencer Martin last night. Okay, so on the subject of this game, and I thought – I didn't realize we were going to have to litigate Ryan Reynolds' status and wealth because I thought enough people were up to speed. But the, the Dunbar Lumber – text message in basket is filled with not similar com- but comments of the same vein that he's either out of his element or <laughs> can't swing this. So in addition to making hundreds of million dollars in Hollywood, Ryan Reynolds had a gin company, a gin brand. I think it was called aviation yes. or something like that. That sold for $610 million. Ryan Reynolds also exists in a sphere of uber-wealthy, elite-wealth-type people. Not, And I'm not talking about actors. <laughs> I'm talking about the people that make the movies and the production houses and the, and the producers. Like, I can't believe that this has to be explained, but apparently it does because numerous people are like, he, he can't afford this. Yeah, he can't afford it on his own, but it's not going to take him much to figure out how to get it done. Like I don't, I don't know why. I he guess, has almost twenty-one million followers on Twitter. I just, I don't know. Just a nobody. Well, I just don't get what the pushback would be. This isn't a publicity stunt. I think everyone realizes this, I, or maybe they don't. I don't know. And I'm not even a big Ryan Reynolds fan. I could care less about him personally, but I just know that this isn't something that he's doing to get clout or whatever kids say these days. He's the voice of Pikachu. Like It doesn't get any higher than that. That's a good point. Like, come that on. You the went there before right? Deadpool? <laughs> the voice of Pikachu. <laughs> he's Pikachu, damn it. I don't know. But anyway, um, you brought up a very good point. He's probably going to end up being the front man for this, much like he was him and Rob McElhinney for Wrexham. And what that does is, I hate talking like this. I sound like one of those brand verticalization people. Uh, it uses your celebrity and your influence to prop up a team that, quite honestly, in the case of Wrexham and Ottawa, they're almost the same thing. They're kind yeah. of irrelevant, right? But they're not anymore because Ryan Reynolds is. There's like when Wayne Gretzky got traded to the Kings. Everyone's like, I don't know anything about hockey, but I want to see what this Wayne guy is all about. As a, as a texter just pointed out in the inbox, it's just people are just reacting to the fact that Reynolds is a local boy and he's not buying the Canucks. They're they're hurt by that mm-hmm. and they're lashing out because of it. Well, don't do that, I guess. <laughs> Canucks they, fans, they have, are. Been, Canucks they fans are. have been known to lash out occasionally. <laughs> been through a few things. Uh, what we learned, uh, unsigned text, I like this one. The Canucks are clearly providing the most entertainment in the league this season. They will be clean sweeping the Emmy Awards this season. First to ever win... Uh, both best comedy and best drama in the same year. Keep it up. You're on your way to a Lifetime Achievement Award. The Canucks have been... Entertaining and stressful. Yeah. Stress-tertainment. In terms of, uh, you know, obviously the Boston Bruins were the talk of the league, but for just a purely negative thing with the Mitchell Miller signing. But the Canucks, you know, I... I here's my uh, here's what I do after the show. I get in my car and I listen to Jeff Merrick and Elliot Freeman, and the number of times that Frege and Merrick 
have led with the Canucks. Mm-hmm. And for all the people that are like, ah, another Toronto show on the Vancouver area, it's practically a Vancouver show. The number of times they're talking about the Canucks to start their show. Like it's yeah. not like it's not no, like the Leafs have gone through nothing this year, too, right? Like it's not like there are not other stories in the NHL to discuss, whether it's, you know, the Flames uh, slow start in Calgary or Connor McDavid doing Connor McDavid things or just the Leafs being the Leafs. The Vancouver Canucks are quite often the first story that they go to just because so much has happened and like all the blown leads to start the season. Uh, and then Jim Rutherford's comments the other day, uh, I mean, these are, they're salacious things to talk about the Vancouver Canucks. And the funny thing is, is we're talking about this team and it has been, I think we can all agree, like hasn't been a great start to the season with a win tonight. Mm-hmm. Maybe not on points percentage, but in terms of points, they're going to be in a playoff position. It's crazy. You also forgot the home opener in which multiple jerseys were thrown on the ice in a 5-1 loss in which the president of Hockey Ops then went on national television after that loss and started saying all these things about the lack of preparation, the questionable coaching, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And this is, you know, you know how many games we're in right now to this season? 13. Yeah, I know. 13. Maybe this is a lesson for us all to not be so reactionary. No, no, no. This no, is no, a re- no, this is to be more reactionary. We need more stuff to happen. Yes. Speaking of by, by the way, I I was actually was going to was going to bring this up. I thought of this. You know, all the people that say like relax, it's still early in the season. Relax, relax. That's like we get so many people that tell us to relax. I'm like, are you telling calm. your girlfriend to do that? Just calm that, down. That's probably not a good idea. It's, it's always relax. When do those people ever allow themselves to get upset about the team ever some of them don't like some, do, don't. Do some of them just relax. never allow themselves one period left in the season relax we got this. yeah relax There's 10 <laughs> seconds left relax <laughs> relax or do they do they flip the switch and go from like relax to like uh do they do they re reshift the narrative like this was always going to be a building season or you know like my, what's, the, what's the phrase moving the goalposts yeah, but yeah, a, lot, yeah. a lot of them do but, that but my thing with that is that if you're going to if that's your approach that you're very much of like relax it's just the hockey team it's just a hockey game there's nothing you get so worked up up stop being so negative that's where you have to stop i don't want to gatekeep how someone else is a fan so i can, if they if they want to act like that that's fine, right? No, maybe you don't need to be that emotionally invested. That's fine. But when you start projecting that mentality onto people that have passion and actually care about it, yeah, like piss off, like don't don't start gatekeeping. Yeah, and we're all like, we're all very impressed with your composure. But I, you but know, we also know that when you're texting in half the time and saying relax, it's because you're internally you're panicking. <laughs> Okay. You, you, you know, like I also gonna go. That. I wasn't gonna go. There. I think there is a psychology to it. There is a psychology to yep. it. They're just yep. like we have to relax. We got to relax. It's like that scene in Animal House with Kevin Bacon, where he's just like, you know, remain calm, remain calm. You know, it's another timely, rough movie reference. That's a film, right? That's- <laughs> <laughs> See, no, I just wish that I would see. Classic Always bringing up the old what? movies. Classic one, one time in my life, one time in my life, 
when I make a movie reference that most people know I would like to see one of my two producers back there not staring <laughs> I'm trying to find it now eyes, and I trying to find the clip Your references so are the, so outdated I don't what know what to search about half Animal the time House. Everyone should know Animal House I don't, I don't know care. Animal House You don't know Animal I, House I, I, You're fired Get out <laughs> I was uh, I was teasing you You don't I know do, Animal House you're fired I um, do know the film but I just wanted to see Bruff react Stop calling it a film <laughs> Andy's wearing a black turtleneck, smoking a long. <laughs> I watched the classic film Animal House. The other Perhaps day. you've heard of it. Uh, uh, Red Robinson's old time movie theater. Yeah, this Blutarski character is a real study <laughs> in Americana. <laughs> Bort's texting in Feral in old school. You got to keep your composure. There That's you go. Exactly the same way he got there that go. from Animal House. Animal House was uh, released in 1978. <laughs> Peter and Cloverdale. I'm the. Ex- <laughs> I'm the exact same age as Bruff. I don't know Animal House. Peter, you're fired, you're too. Fired. Get out of Cloverdale. We don't want to like see you It's like the time anymore. at the old station where Bruff asked you to try and find an audio for, what was it, Iron Eagle, some 80s? <laughs> <laughs> Only him and two other texters knew what this was. The hilarious- and he just looked dumbfounded at me. Like, how do you not know Iron Eagle? So the hilarious part about the whole Iron Eagle thing is there is a timeless classic movie of that genre, Top Gun, that everybody knows. Yes. But he's like, no. There's a better version <laughs> yes. that very few people know. Remember, the, remember the Jet movie? What, Top Gun? No, yeah, Iron Eagle. Iron yeah. Eagle, you idiot. <laughs> you remember that movie? Animal <laughs> House is different than Iron Eagle. I, I, to be fair, I do. I've seen Animal House, but I just, I love your reaction, so I have to do it. You remember that movie about an extraterrestrial? <laughs> <laughs> I believe it was Alien. <laughs> oh, all is well. Yeah, there it is. There well, in cl- typical laddie fashion, he plays it for half a second. No, no, no. You have to say classic laddie. That's the classic bruff, is you have to project it onto classic laddie, always not playing Animal House. <laughs> I'll have the Animal House uh, reference library ready to go for next week. Oh, read a man. what we learned for once in your life, Alfred. Classic Just Alfred, for once not in your flagging. life, read a what we classic learned. Classic Alfred, not flagging what we learned. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, this one is from Bing Crosby. No, it's Bing and Dan Nanaimo. and Nanaimo. Bing and Nanaimo. No, Dan, he doesn't. Who, how do you people not know Animal House? Dan and Nanaimo, <laughs> a- Animal House. I'm 47 and I've never heard of that movie. Dan, live a little, man. Bobby and Langley, I love Iron Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> Bing, there are dozens okay, okay. of us. Focus, focus. Bing, Bing, and, Bing and Nanaimo has a what we learned. Hashtag WW what we learned. I learned that Jim Rutherford has no idea how intense Canadian markets are, and he would rather throw anyone under the bus instead of stepping up and taking responsibility. Bing, I will say the exact opposite. I think Jim Rutherford knows exactly how intense Canadian markets are. That's why he's doing this right now. Which I mean, is that not the logical conclusion here? That I don't know, man. There, there have been books written about Animal House. <laughs> Do you think Jim Rutherford <laughs> knows the, about the Animal lampoon. House? Classic <laughs> the listener. lampoon. Classic listeners not getting Animal House. I'm going to go into the next press conference just to ask there Rutherford that. There have been books that. written, movies I know made Animal about House. the movie. We just haven't seen it. We don't know the extensive knowledge behind Animal House. You know who would know Animal House? Bruce Boudreaux and Jim Rutherford. Yeah, they're both going to get asked tomorrow. Yeah. You've seen it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you have any Canucks questions? Oh, have you seen Iron Eagle? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay, oh, that was that. God. That was. Sometimes we allow ourselves to go off the rails. It's here almost. On the it's, it's it's not even nine in the morning, and I feel like I've lived a full day of stress. <laughs> Just because of the Canucks and people not knowing one of the greatest comedies of all time. Bruff's going to go home and watch Animal House three times in a row today. <laughs> uh, unsigned text. Bruff's, Bruff's two favorite TV shows are definitely MASH and Murder, She Wrote. That's not true. He likes Quincy MD. 
I got the text. diagnosis is murder. I just got a text from my buddy. He's like, "Man, I own the Animal House board game." <laughs> <There's Jeez. a> board. <laughs> we need. That's to... why he's my friend. That's true. That's why he's my friend. That was loyal good. friend. <laughs> okay. We got to go for today, but we will be back tomorrow potentially with eighteen to twenty Animal House clips at the ready. But for now, we got to go. Signing off. I have been Mike Alfred. He has been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog. And he's been Laddie. This has been the Alfred and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.